It's July 31st, and this is episode 254. You are invited to join me and my friend and longtime awesome Julie Tepperman to talk about becoming the awesome gift giver that you have always wanted to be. I'm Meg Teets, and this is Sorta Awesome. Hello and welcome back, Awesomes. You are listening to the show that is all about helping you find friendship, community, and conversations. Whether you found us through Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, by the recommendation of a friend or from our other show, Awesome Today, it is truly awesome that you're here with us today. Again, this is episode 254. Today, I am visiting with my dear friend, Julie. Julie is somebody that I got to meet through the awesome community. We talk a lot on Sorta Awesome about how this community has brought people together, both through our Sorta Awesome Hangout group, through our general listenership. Julie is an example of that. We're going to tell about our background, the story of how we became friends here in just a little bit. But Julie, hello and welcome to Sorta Awesome. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. I cannot believe that we are finally getting to sit down and do this. I've had this in mind for a long time because Julie, seriously, When it comes to discovering the newest, greatest thing, to giving incredible, memorable gifts, you, my friend, are at the top of the list of people that I have ever known in doing that. So I'm so excited we're having this conversation today. Me too. I'm really excited. Okay. Before we get into it, why don't you tell the awesomes a little bit just about yourself, just a brief bio so we get to know a little bit about who you are, where you live, what you do, all of those things. I live in Windsor, Ontario with my wonderful husband, Noah, and my freshly minted 10-year-old daughter and my seven and a half-year-old son. My story is kind of interesting because I did not grow up in Windsor. I grew up right outside of Washington, D.C., went to University of Maryland College Park for my undergraduate. After I graduated, I spent a year in Israel volunteering. After that, I decided that I wanted to go back to graduate school to get my master's in social work and Jewish communal service. I ended up at the University of Michigan in Ann Arbor, Go Blue, and I did my second year graduate internship at the Jewish Federation of Metropolitan Detroit. That was in 2000, and I am still at the Jewish Federation of Metropolitan Detroit as a professional almost 20 years later. Oh, wow. Okay. That was not my plan at all. (laughs) My plan was to stay there for a couple of years. I love, love, love working for the Jewish community. It's something that we can talk all about. It's something that I've been passionate about really my entire life, but didn't realize that it was something that I could do. But really, I wanted to move back to the East Coast, which is where all of my family is. But then in 2004, I got fixed up with my husband, who is a Canadian living in Windsor. And Windsor is, here's your trivial pursuit or just trivia fact of the day, is actually south of the United States. It's the one place. Oh, Yeah. Okay. See, okay. Listen, this is my broad ignorance of U.S. geography. I'm 43 years old. I still don't know how some states work, especially if they're north of like Kansas. I totally got that. (laughs) So what you're saying is geographically, not that far apart. Not at all. Okay. I live, I'm, I'm pointing, I live half a block from the Detroit River. I can see Detroit from the end of my street. Hey, when it's not a pandemic, it takes me about 10 minutes to get to the border, however long it takes to cross the border. And then I'm in Detroit. And from there, it takes me 25 minutes. After I met my husband, we got married. I moved to Canada, uh, became a Canadian citizen. And I have been having this lovely international commute ever since. Wow. So 
It certainly keeps things interesting, complicates everything just <laughs> enough. But I really learned to love my commute because as a parent of small kids, I never had any time by myself except for my commute. And I would talk to my family, talk to my friends, listen to podcasts. And I will tell you, I am really missing that alone time now that I've been working from home since March. Girl, I know it. So many people are like, I had my podcast time carved out for myself. It was my daily commute. It was when I was dropping my kids off at school in the mornings or my morning time at the gym when I was on the treadmill. And so many of us have lost that pivotal part of our days. It's not just you. I think all of us are feeling that pain specifically right now. Yeah, I didn't even realize how much I needed it. I know. We're making do. Here we are. What, five months later? What year is this? I don't even know what's happening. Yeah. <laughs> We're figuring it out. Exactly. In any case, this is how I landed in Windsor. And I love it. Living in Canada, I'm a dual citizen. Yes. Which is wonderful. And it's really interesting because never in a million years crossed my mind that this girl from Maryland was going to end up living in Canada. And I really feel like I have the best of both worlds because... Most of the time, I get to spend some days in the States and some days here, and it's all pretty great. That's so fun. I love it. I absolutely love it. Canada's been on my mind lately because Kyle and I just watched the Jim Gaffigan, his new series that he's doing on Prime. It's called The Pale Tourist. And he's doing this interesting thing where he is doing a new comedy set in all of these different international cities. This was obviously filmed before the quarantine. He goes to different places and he does a comedy set that's specific to the area, which I think is so innovative and interesting. So we watched the very first one and it was in Canada. It was funny. I was like, this is good. I mean, I like Jim Gaffigan and we laughed, but I think if you're a Canadian, you would think it was even funnier for sure. I think we're going to have to watch that now. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Thank you for that little bit of background. We have so much to cover today. Let's go ahead and get started. Let's start this show the way we always do with our awesomes of the week. It's that moment in the show where we talk about the books or TV shows, movies, podcasts, products, whatever it is that's making life a little more awesome right now. Julie, I know you. I know that you had, well, a little bit of a challenge narrowing down a long list of awesome. What did you finally decide to bring to the show for your awesome of the week this week? I landed on a lip gloss by the company Luna and Aster in the color of Bestie. It is a really beautiful, sort of a corally pink color. I keep it by my computer because I'm on Zoom all day long. And when I put it on, I just feel like it brightens up my face. It feels great. It smells good. It's easy to find, which these days is really important. Yeah. And honestly, right now, I think this is the perfect lip gloss. I'm so happy with it. It stays on well. I'm in love with it. You used a phrase to describe it that is pivotal for me with glosses. I have a love-hate relationship with a gloss because of the staying factor. Now, I love the way gloss mm -hmm. looks, especially in the summer. I mean, doesn't everyone just love to just like throw on some gloss when you head out the door? But then I feel like five minutes later, <laughs> I look in the mirror and I'm like, where'd that gloss go? <laughs> this one really does stay well. I mean, it's not going to stay for hours and hours and hours, but... It will definitely, I mean, I'm sitting here, I'm drinking. It doesn't leave a ton of residue. It's not super sticky. And I think it stays on for a good one to two hours, which for me is really perfect because especially right now, I'm not putting lipstick on because when I leave the house, I'm putting on a mask. So I am really good with this right now. And I love the color. It makes me very happy. It's gorgeous on you. Tell me the name of the company again. The company is Loon and Aster. Okay. You can get this from Blue Mercury and I'm sure there's plenty of other places you can find it. 
They make some really nice products. There are some other things. One of my dear friends introduced me to the line and I've never been unhappy with anything I've gotten. Perfect. Oh my goodness. Okay. You know, I'm going to be looking this up like immediately. You are the person who sends me all of the great recommendations and sometimes the actual products that literally change my life when it comes to my lips. I love it. We'll have a link in the show notes, Awesomes, if you also want to check that out. Speaking of something that everybody is happy with, I decided for my Awesome of the Week this week, I had to make a quick change. I had planned something else, but you, Julie, me, all of us, we woke up on Friday to a new gift to get us through this quarantine life. Taylor Swift dropped a new album last Friday called Folklore. You and I were texting before we started recording and I was like, I forgot to tell you, I'm going to change my house of the week. I have to do Taylor Swift's Folklore. You texted back simply, I am obsessed. <laughs> and I think we all are right now. I mean, the awesome- It's so good. Yes. Friday, the awesomes were just a buzz with talking about it. It really was a surprise. First of all, I mean, I was surprised. Taylor Swift is one of those people that I enjoy her music just like sort of casually in passing, but I'm not like going to be dialed into when her next release is or whatever. Okay, let me try to give a little background on it and then we could talk about why we are loving it. It is her eighth studio album. It was a huge collaboration project between her and Aaron Dessner. Aaron Dessner is the guitarist for The National. It's a band that many people love and enjoy. And Taylor Swift is a specifically big fan of The National. She actually reached out to Aaron to ask if he would be up for some collaboration on this album, like sort of right as quarantine was starting to really happen. Now, I'm sure she had been working on it prior to that. But the interesting thing is that they did collaborate on this and they did it all from afar. They were not in the same studio or in the same songwriting space. They were doing it remote. Like all of us are living our lives right now, which I think is so fascinating. Incredible, really. It really is. Okay, this is her eighth album. She definitely took a bit of a turn musically with this album. So everyone has really been buzzing about how this is Taylor Swift's indie album. It's a different feel from her past. Of course, Taylor Swift is somebody who has reinvented herself a number of times since she first came on the scene as a country star. And then it gradually moved more into the pop music, sort of mainstream pop music space. I don't know why I'm Taylor Swift explaining to people, everyone knows her journey, but this is her sort of her next new evolution of herself and her music is to go in this indie direction. Now, some people, some critics have called it I guess this is a label Mindy, which means it's more like a mainstream indie. And I think that's fair in the sense that it is definitely has that indie sort of full acoustic-y vibe, but there's still definitely elements that feel a little bit more pop. There's some indie music that you're just not going to hear on the radio because it doesn't have that sort of mass appeal. And I think that this is very radio playable while still having an indie vibe. I love it. Yeah. I mean, the great thing is that Taylor Swift is known for being such a lyricist, such a songwriter. And that she is such a storyteller with her mm-hmm. lyrics. So Julie, tell me how this album is hitting you in terms of the storytelling that really comes through. It's funny because similarly, I'm a fan, but I'm not like a super fan. And I yeah. love music, but I'm not usually going to seek it out. On Friday morning, I came across some feed somewhere and I clicked and it has been playing in the background yes. of my life for the past couple of days. Yes. And It's interesting because I get distracted by music. So I'm one of the people who can't have music playing all the time. And I will find that I've actually stopped what I'm doing. And I'm just kind of listening and listening to what she has to say. And it's really the perfect album for this time. I think that 
I don't want to belittle her as a musician. I don't think she ever needed to grow up because I love, love, love what she had done before. But this is just a much more mature, just a different kind of a focus. Yes. I was surprised by it, but it stops me in my tracks. And I just want to sit and listen to the whole thing. It kind of reminds me back to when, because I'm also, I'm 45, when I would be sitting with this CD case and you take the cover out and you'd be reading all of the lyrics. I find myself wanting to do that with this just to get into it. And that has not happened in a really long time. Same for me. And so just mentioning that, if you haven't done this already, go over to genius.com. That is a website that not only has lyrics, but the community of genius.com ads and commentary. Sometimes the artists themselves will come on and be like, explicate the lyrics for you to be like, this is what I had in mind. But other times it's the fans themselves who are like, well, this is a reference to this. And it adds so much depth to your understanding of what's going on. One of the great songs, probably one of the most sort of mainstream playable, mainstream forward songs on the album is The Last Great American Dynasty, which tells the story of an eccentric debutante, Rebecca Harkness, She married into the Standard Oil family and once lived in Swift's Rhode Island mansion. There's that connection there. And she does. This is one of those albums that's definitely, it's it's some fiction, but it's also what you might call like auto fiction, sort of a blend of autobiography and fiction in some places, which Taylor Swift has definitely done with her writing through the years. She makes that connection. And here's what I find that is so interesting about that song. Did you watch on Netflix the Taylor Swift documentary, Miss Americana? It is on my list. I have not gotten to it yet. And I really want to. It's really good. I really enjoyed it. Now, there are a lot of people that are cynical about it because she did have a pretty strong hand in some of like the back-end production of it. I actually talked about this on Awesome Today this week. I do feel like it's one of those things that it's vulnerable, but it's kind of like a polished vulnerability, if that makes sense. I do feel like Taylor Swift holds her public persona, the control over it. She holds a really tight rein on it. But I will say that in Miss Americana, and you can kind of get the feel definitely from this album, which fully includes profanity and, you know, some really adult themes. I feel like she's sort of leaning in more into, I'm not here to be your good girl kind of thing, which is really, like you were saying, she's growing up. She's not that wide-eyed teenager who came on the scene when she had her first breakout album. But one of the lines in The Last Great American Dynasty talks about women who have a marvelous time ruining everything. I think that she's kind of taking that up as a response to some of the public backlash against her, that she's just going to lean into it. I thought that was really interesting to me. One of the most fascinating things that she does on this album is she's got a trio of songs that tell about a teenage love triangle. And she tells it from all three viewpoints. The boyfriend, the girlfriend, and then the girl that is cheating on with. I messed that up grammatically so bad. (laughs) Betty, August, and Cardigan on this album. They're not together chronologically on the album, but they all tell about this story between these three teenagers from different perspectives. And Julie, I honestly think it's part of the reason why this album is landing so much with women like in our age group, a little younger, a little older, is... All of us can still so quickly reconnect with those people that we were when we were like 17 and love and relationship dynamics was like at the very center of our world. And those betrayals cut us in ways and wounded us in ways that some of us are still in recovery from. I think that's fascinating. I mean, we could actually probably you and I could make this whole episode about this, but we better not. (laughs) We have other things to talk about anyway. Taylor Swift's folklore. 
Everybody's talking about it in the country this week. I, of course, had to make it my awesome of the week. Those are our awesomes of the week, you guys. Of course, we love to hear every single Friday what's awesome in your life. If you haven't already, please do come join us on Instagram. We have so much fun over there. You can find us really easily at Sorta Awesome Show on Instagram. And if you haven't come over and joined our Facebook group, the Sorta Awesome Hangout, we would love to have you there. We have over 5,000 women who just show up for each other every day with all kinds of awesome. And of course, we talk about our awesome of the week every Friday over there. So if you haven't found us, it's at facebook.com slash groups slash Sorta Awesome Hangout. Hey, awesomes. It is summer. It is sticky. It is sweaty. And so, you know, it's more important than ever to be taken care of and being good to our bodies. That's why I really want you guys to meet Billy. Billy has recreated everyday essentials by delivering premium razors and high-performing body care directly to you. You don't even have to leave the house. Forget about it. It comes straight to your door. When you go to mybilly.com, you're going to be able to get their starter kit for just $9. And that is going to include their award-winning razor, two refill blades, and this very awesome magnetic holder that keeps your razor safe and dry in between uses. My girls and I have gotten so used to our Billy razors. We absolutely cannot imagine using another one. I've been shaving my legs for a long time, ladies, and this is genuinely the best razor I've ever used. And Billy is out to change more than just the way you shave. They have released three completely clean, must-have products to add to your routine for taking care of yourself. They have a lip balm, a dry shampoo, and face wipes. It's the perfect time to stock up. So if you haven't already, go over to mybilly.com to meet the razor that made everyone start talking about razors and to express a little love for sort of awesome, go to mybilly.com slash awesome. It's a small way you can support us while getting the best razor you will ever own. And it's just $9 to get your starter kit plus free shipping always. Go to mybilly.com slash awesome. That's spelled my B-I-L-L-I-E.com slash awesome. All right, Julie, let's take just a minute before we talk about how you became the gift-giving guru that you currently are. Let's tell a little bit about our friendship history. When you and I first met, it was, to put everybody back in the context of this, it was right before I was getting ready to leave to go on my trip with World Vision to Lebanon. So this was late summer, very early fall of 2016. Oh my gosh, that was so long ago. And I had mentioned that I, of course, had told the community I was traveling to Lebanon. And I talked about how I have a tremendous amount of travel anxiety and to travel halfway around the world for somebody who doesn't even like to fly to Texas (laughs) was going to be this huge challenge. And just really out of the blue, you reached out to me and you're like, hey, first of all, I'm an awesome. Secondly, I go to that part of the world all the time. Can I share with you what makes travel there a little easier? And I was like, yes, please do. I'm so curious. We've never really talked about this, but what inspired you to really just be like, you know what? I could help with this. You're going to laugh, especially considering part of our conversation at the end of last week. I really love to be able to help people. When I see anybody who is struggling with something that I have information or anything that can make what they're going through easier, I am compelled to offer. And I don't care if people say no, but you put it out there and this is something that I know about because part of my job, not so much, well, definitely not right now with the pandemic, and less so once I started having kids, but I was traveling internationally two to three times a year. And I was going to the Middle East. I was going to Israel. I was going often to Europe. 
And I continued to travel after having kids and realized what a total game changer that was because you would be leaving my husband with the kids while he is totally 100% capable. It is very hard to download the mom brain, all the things that he can do, but I was just doing faster because I had it down to a science. Yes. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it was something referencing like where to begin, like not just the traveling, but how do you prepare? Yeah. It's funny when I think about it now, I have a novel written. I have a page for every day with a schedule for every day. And here's what you make. And here's what you're going to need to get from the grocery store on Sunday. So you can make sure you have all of the food for the week. And here's this thing you need for school. I mean, day by day by day, because that's just how my brain works. I do a big brain dump and then I organize it. And when you had said that, I just figured if you wanted, I would send you mine and let you take it as a template. And I was laughing at the time because I was like, well, I really hope she's trustworthy because I just gave her my address, my phone number, the whole thing. (laughs) Here, have my social security number and blood type. Like I didn't. (laughs) Here's my mother's maiden name. It's fine. Exactly. (laughs) Right, right. I must have sensed that you and I would become actual friends as a result. Yes. And also with international travel, it's not something that everybody does all the time. Right. And there are little hacks basically that I picked up that just for me, it made my life easier. And some of them come from bad experiences and wishing that I had had things. Mm -hmm. Some things are things that people had passed down to me. When you put out the call, this is something I can help with. Oh my gosh. It was so helpful. So if you're listening to Julie talk right now and you're like, Hmm, I wonder what her personality type is. (laughs) Probably if you know the Enneagram, you probably guessed correctly that Julie is a two. (laughs) You are a classic helper. What you just described, that is the essence of a healthy two. There's somebody who's like, hey, somebody needs help with something and I can help. I'm there. I will do it. That was so great. I know you're also an ENFJ and ENFJs in Myers-Briggs, they are the people who love to organize, but as opposed to more of like a ESTJ type or an ISTJ type, ENFJs love to organize people, not necessarily things. You did. You handed me basically, if you have been handing it to me in person, like a file folder, a manila folder filled with everything I needed. I used those as templates. I went in and erased your stuff. I put in our stuff. It was just like I could plug it in. I printed it all out for Kyle. And even Kyle was, this is really organized. (laughs) Like this, did you do this? (laughs) Because seriously, you had thought of every angle of the instructions to leave for who is handling home life at home, which... I hadn't thought about this because I forget that that was a huge part of what I was so nervous about. I had never left the twins ever, ever, ever. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. the girls, I had only been away from them when the twins were born and they could come visit me. This was the longest I was ever leaving my kids. And I was so nervous about it and not to mention the logistics of it, Mm -hmm. just like the emotional part, but the logistics. Anyway, for you to put that in my hand and be like, listen, just do this. And You really did offer it. And this is why I say you're a healthy too, because you offered it in such a way to be like, here's this information. I have it. I hope it can help. But if it doesn't help, no worries. Right. And that is just typical because truly so many twos just can really show up in a moment in that way. And it has been so helpful. And it really was the beginning of our friendship as we bonded over my travels over there. My family came into the Catholic church. You have been known to when you're traveling snap a picture of, I think you found a boat that said it had like the St. Nicholas. Yeah. Where were you when you took that? I can't remember. I was in Budapest. Budapest. That's right. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. My husband's patron saint, our son is named after him. You snapped a picture and you're like, look, I thought of you today. (laughs) Great. 
like I said, we do talk on Sort of Awesome all the time about how this is so much more than just a podcast. Mm-hmm. It has grown into that. I didn't set out like on mission, like I am going to grow a community where people form friendships. I am so thankful, but I was just like, I just want a new project. I just want to try my hand at this podcasting thing. And then the next thing you know, we hear and see all the time about people that met through the hangout group or met through some kind of awesome connection. And it's been life-changing. And that has been the case for our friendship. I'm just so thankful for that. I really am. So am I. Okay. We have so much stuff to talk about with actually the business, the art of finding cool stuff and giving in as gifts. We're going to get to all of that in just a minute when we come back from this quick break from our sponsors. Okay, we are back. Julie, I'm just going to put you in the hot seat. I'm just going to ask you a bunch of questions, okay? Okay. Let's just start at the top. I want you to tell me, because again, from Lit Products, which you changed my actual living life with the Joe Malone vitamin E lip treatment. Mm-hmm. I would have never found that on my own. I'm just going to tell you all, I'm just a hick from the sticks. I didn't even know who or what Joe Malone was until you sent me that lip gloss. <laughs> okay. You also just will randomly text me and be like, you know, do you drink iced tea? Here's how you can brew a single glass of iced tea just for yourself. You don't have to share it with anybody, which we can talk about that here in a little bit if you want. Sure. But how, Julie, tell us how do you find and collect such great information? It's funny. I don't actually have one specific answer for that. Uh, Part of it is is I have always been curious about things. And this isn't quite what you're talking about, but you want to go back to being an asker or a guesser. I I am an asker. And by the way, it never even occurred to me before listening to that episode that some people wouldn't. So that was actually really helpful for me. Never in a million years did it occur to me. I will ask if somebody is using a lip product that smells good, I will ask about it. Because I would like to tell people, I assume everybody would like to share their information. Yeah. And somebody's sitting using some hand lotion, I will ask the question. And I also pay attention. Back in the day, I was a person who ripped things out of magazines and put it aside. Yes. I am forever bookmarking things. I love a good newsletter. Like The Strategist, which I think it's the New York Post. So you have to check that. I got on that list by accident and I love it. It's just so much fun because all these categories of things that I never even thought about. I'm like, wow, I didn't know that I needed that. But if I do, now I know which one has gotten all these amazing ratings. Yeah. It's just something fun. It occupies my mind for five or 10 minutes here or there. Yeah. And again, when I find something that I love, I have to share it with the people who I know care about things like that. I actually have a little club with two of my friends where every three or four months we will have lunch. Okay. And we bring our favorite thing of the moment. We buy two of them and give them to the other because also as moms, we are always the people buying the gifts. Mm -hmm. It's just a little treat to us. We set a price limit because we don't want to go overboard or anything like that. But I pay attention and I keep track. Oh my gosh, that is so smart. I love that. I know all of us are missing that in-person stuff right now, but that is so brilliant because you're so right. In fact, I find like, I like to do like an Ipsy bag subscription or other little things like that for that very reason. And listen, I'm not even a big gifty kind of person. Some people that really means a lot to them, but 
I think you're right. As moms or just as working professionals, as women, we talk a lot about mental and emotional labor on the show. I do think that the buying and the giving of gifts so often falls on us. But every now and again, it is so nice to just be like, yes, I know Ipsy is a big corporation. I know they don't know me personally, but you know what? (laughs) They took the time and picked out these products for this little bag and it's just for me and I get it in the mail. All the better if you can get together with your friends and make it a social thing. Yes. I absolutely adore that idea. That is so smart. So fun. Okay. We were talking about you being an ENFJ and truly, and I'm a hundred percent serious. Every ENFJ I have ever known is wildly organized, but they don't do it for the joy of organization itself. ENFJ's mission in life is to sort of make straight the path for the people in their lives. They want to help. They want to be involved. They're in the trenches with you. And so I think I'm not an ENFJ, I'm an ENFP, but I think maybe the reason ENFJs are so organized is because they want to be able to be efficiently helpful for people. And does that feel right? Does that? Oh, that resonates. And actually, we didn't get into the details of what I actually do in my work, but that hits dead on. Oh, good. Okay. I'm so curious. Do you have actual organizational systems? I know you said like in the old days, or maybe you still do this, ripping out pages of magazines or clipping something out of it, like an email newsletter even. Do you like, if you come across little things, do you actually literally organize these ideas so that you have a go-to list? There are a bunch of different things that I do. I don't rip things out of magazines so much anymore because I don't get as many magazines. Okay. It's just kind of where I am right now. I was getting them and who has time to read magazines? You know, when you have kids and you work full time. There are a couple of things that I do. One is I keep an actual file in my email called gift ideas. And when I get a newsletter or if I get an idea for something, I will email myself with like idea for Noah or whatever. And that way, when it comes time for gift giving, I will just go to that file and just see what I've suggested to myself. Yeah. Yeah. Which has been really helpful. I used to be way more organized about that part where I had in the notes section of my phone is sort of each member of my family, each niece and nephew and brother-in-law and sister-in-law and ideas for each person. But as we're all getting older and there are more and more kids, we've stepped away from that. So now it's just all sort of in in one big pot. But I also have a file in my computer under my bookmarks with various stores that I like. Okay. Which I can tell you what all of those are. (laughs) Of course. But I think a lot of it for me is just when I see something and I see an idea, I write it down and I make sure it is recorded somewhere because I don't remember. And when I tell myself, oh, I'm going to remember... I literally will not. It's not going to happen. So I write it down and I can be sure I've either emailed it to myself and then filed it or I've put it in my notes section. Yeah. One of the two places. I also really like buying things when I don't need them. Okay. If I see something amazing and it's June and I don't need to give it to the person until November, I'm just going to buy it then. I'm just going to buy it. And I put it aside. I learned from my mother who would buy things and then lose them. (laughs) I relate to your mother in this moment. I feel very seen. Yes. (laughs) I took her idea one step further and I actually have a bin, not a clear bin. I have it in the basement. My husband knows it's there, but he can control himself. My kids have no idea. Okay. And I will just buy things and put them in there because nobody knows it's there and then I don't have to worry about it. Oh my gosh, Julie, that's brilliant. And what I'm sensing in this plan of yours in this attack of how to get through gift giving without freaking out is this is such a strong J energy because again, Js are like really action oriented. Whereas someone like me, I'm a P, 
like, here's my struggle but I want to become more J-like in this. But here's my struggle as a P is I'll see something and be like, that would be perfect. But if I buy it now, what if I find something else that's better down the road? (laughs) Because P's like to live in the land of possibility. I totally get that. Oh my gosh. But I'm thinking, but if I just actually make the decision right then when it's right in front of me, then I could look at it as I can still keep the possibilities open. Hey, something else comes better down the road. That's okay. I'm sure I can find somebody else I can give this to or save it for a different event. That's exactly right. I need to do a little self-talk to walk myself through making this change. But truly, I think that that is such a big difference is I will have an idea and be like, oh my gosh, that would be perfect. And you know what? Here's the thing too, especially with kids, because I have kids aged for 15 to one. One thing I've learned is that kids, like just because the twins are like super, super into, let's say Godzilla and the old Japanese monster movies right now, doesn't mean they're going to be into that at Christmas. So what if I buy them something now? That kind of back and forth. So I'll tell you how I rationalize that one. Birthday parties. Yes. If I buy something for my son and a month before his birthday, I realize it is totally not for him. I give it to someone else So smart. because you always need extra gifts. Yes. Yeah. I've gotten really good at not putting energy into things that ultimately I don't need to put my energy into. Right. So if that makes any sense, mm-hmm. you know, I buy it. If I think that he's going to like it and it, it works for where I am, I will buy it. And if it doesn't work for him, I'll either return it or I'll give it to somebody else. And I don't spend hours focusing on it right? because once it's done, I'm so happy. Yes. It's a gift to be done with buying the gift sometimes. Yes. It's a gift to yourself. Yes. Be done for sure. Let's talk for a second about non-gift ways of being thoughtful. Do you organize people's, let's say colleagues or maybe extended family that you're not necessarily buying gifts for holidays? Because I know like in the past, you've sent me a text like on Easter. And even though you're Jewish, you'll be like, hey, happy Easter or whatever. Do you keep a sort of organizational system of reaching out to people, even if it's not a gifting occasion, but just to kind of like touch base and be like, hey, I'm thinking of you kind of thing. I use my calendar for everything. I use Outlook for work and I also use it at home. And for people's birthdays, I put them in. For anniversaries, I put them in. People in my life whose kids are special to me, I put everything like that in. But sometimes it's really just a matter of just being triggered by a certain holiday and saying, oh, somebody who celebrates this and they were on my mind. I love to reach out to people at the exact moment I'm thinking of it, or then it probably won't happen. Yes. Again, that strong J energy coming through so well, just like, just do it and do it right now. I love that. Yeah. makes so much sense. I always want to be that person who's like, has a fully organized calendar of people's birthdays, not even just our actual little family here, but I can remember that for some reason, keeping track of all of the different holidays and those types of things. It's a little bit tougher for me. It is. I remember I used to have, do you remember those long, like a birthday calendar where it was just the month? Yeah. I used to have one of those and then you just flip it every month, but now it's just everything's in my computer. Yeah. That makes it a lot easier. Maybe that's part of my problem too. I need to consolidate my systems down a little bit better so I don't have three different, you know, I've got this in my bullet journal and this is in my paper planner and this, you know, those types of things. It's hard when it's all over the place. I lose things when they're all over the place. Yes. Okay. For people who do not have necessarily a natural gift of gifting, of finding those things of, like you said, picking out gifts and then going ahead and buying it. Like if this is not your natural proclivity, let's say people want to do better about discovering great things, maybe for themselves and maybe just to be able to give great gifts to people. 
where do you think is a good place to kind of get started on that? Say this is like a project for yourself and you want to grow in this area. What would be your advice on where to start? A couple of things. The first would be listen to the people that you want to give gifts to because people don't realize that they're dropping hints all the time. They might mention a book they want to read. They might mention something that they want to do, somewhere they want to go. And gift giving is not about how much money you're spending. That is not the thing. It is about finding something that makes the other person happy. It is not what I want to give to you. It is what you would like to receive. Yes. I think it took me a little while to clue into that, but that matters. And if I'm hanging out with a friend and she sees somebody else carrying a book and says, oh, you know, I wanted to read that one, I write it down. Mm -hmm. And then when I give that person the book, seven months later, number one, chances are really good the person hasn't read it. And if they had, I always include the gift receipt. They can exchange it or return it or whatever, but they feel good because you paid attention to them. Right. And that's one easy thing. Easy because, you know, maybe that's the wrong word, but that's one thing to start. Yeah. One place to start. Yeah. I also think there are a lot of really fun places online that you can just go and play. The first one, I don't know if you've ever done this, but if you go to Amazon Interesting Finds, okay, it's so much fun. And I will, when I have five minutes to kill, maybe I will not be on Facebook or my new love TikTok. (laughs) No, I just look at the Amazon interesting finds and you can search for women or for teens or for whatever. And then if I find something I like, I favorite it or I put it in save for later. And then that becomes another place to go back to. And I feel like for me putting five or 10 minutes now, it makes things so much easier later on. So I love the Amazon Interesting Finds. I also love, there are a couple of websites that I love. I love the Uncommon Goods, the online store. Gosh, love it. Yes, so fun. Yes, great things. And they really are uncommon. And you go through and you look for it for whatever. You'll find 15 other things that could be good for other people. Again, write it down, make a note. This is where I found it or just save the bookmark. I've mentioned this on the show, but it's been years ago. One app that helps me with organizing this is Trello, which I know some people haven't really dabbled with that much. But one thing you can do on Trello is you can make lists. And within the list, you can save a link directly as like as an attachment. I have a list for every family member in our little family. And anything that I come across, if I'm thinking about if I'm on top of things, I will just grab the link right then and put it into that list on the app. And so then I can go back and reference it and... It's there for you. I recommend Trello, especially if you're on your phone a lot, which many of us are these days, and you've got the Trello app. It's like, drop it in. Don't even think about it again because it's already saved for you somewhere. I tried Trello a while ago. And I think wherever I was in life, it was too overwhelming for me. I used to use Wonderlist, but that went away. So now I'm in the Microsoft Todoist, which I love because there is a feature that if you upgrade to the paid account, which is for me totally worth it, you can email yourself and it adds itself to your to-do list. So if you receive an email, you can forward it and it turns into a to-do list item. It's very exciting. That is exciting. Okay, Todoist is one that I've kind of dabbled with. I didn't really get into it. I guess what we're saying is there's a system out there. However you like to keep lists, it could be if you're a journal person, Just one page in there of just gift ideas or places to go. Another really good website, similar to Uncommon Goods, is The Gromit. Oh, okay. It's another fun one. I love Etsy because I love to support people doing their own thing. But also you type in one thing and it gives you all these other ideas. Just again, fun to play around. There are also two places that I've recently really started to like. One of them is called Pop Chart Lab. And they have a ton of prints and scratch-offs. And if you don't know, 
if you imagine you have a playing a lottery card and you take your dime and you scratch it, it'll be like 25 national parks. And after you do them, you scratch them off. So for somebody who you want to do, give them a gift that could lend itself to an experience, oh like gosh. football stadiums, yes. so many fun things. I have never even heard of that. That is so fun. It's really fun. And they have like one that female authors. And then after you've read about you scratch. So that's kind of a more interactive and things like that. I also like because they lend themselves to other gifts. Yes. So you give them that in a book or you give them that and here's where we're going to go. Yeah. Love it. Also a fun one is Society Six. Okay. And they have a fun like throw pillows and phone cases and again with art prints and things like that, but just different places. Yes just different places to look. And again, you know, you start with one and it leads you to another and to another. And it's really okay to go down the gift giving or the gift finding rabbit hole. Because for me, I find if I spend time in July doing it, it's going to make December a lot easier. Absolutely. So good. Okay. I want to end on a question that is more on like the personal level, because a question that comes up really often in the hangout community is, how do we do a better job of taking care of the people who do a really good job of taking care of us? I'm thinking about the people in our lives who are more like Enneagram 2 types, helper types, the ENFJs. And also, that's not the only Myers-Briggs that's really good at that. We have a lot in the Myers-Briggs sort of family that are really good about showing up and taking care of people. And so those of us who are often <laughs> receiving that kindness, that helpfulness, it's like, how do we turn it around and take good care of those people in our lives? Especially we've talked about the idea of having like the gift giving love language before I have a child who is gift giving. That's her primary love language. It is not for me. And so like struggling to think about how do I help her feel seen through gifts? It's been a challenge. Do you have any sort of like tips or hacks or thoughts on that? I do. It's something I think about a lot. First of all, there's nothing wrong with a gift card. There is nothing wrong with saying to somebody, you write, like there are some people who they don't know what they want. How could I possibly know what they want? But there's something really lovely about writing a note or letter saying, I love you, whatever it is that you want to say to them. And here's this, go buy something. Well, let's go together and choose something that makes you happy. Yeah. Because I think sometimes gift cards get a bad rap as being impersonal. You know what? Sometimes there is nothing better than a Starbucks gift card saying you love coffee. Yeah. Go take care of yourself. Choose something that maybe normally you don't want to spend $5 on a cup of coffee. But I am giving this you go and buy what makes you happy yeah. whenever works for you. And I don't do it all the time, but there are certain people in my life, I'm always going to give them a gift card or I'm going to give them the same thing every year because I know that they are never going to do something for themselves. And I'll use my mom as an example. She may not go and get massages all the time, but she loves them. So if I were to get her a gift certificate for a massage every single year or a pedicure or something like that, she would be thrilled. And it doesn't matter. Gifts don't have to be different every year okay. if it makes the person happy. Oh my gosh. I feel so much freedom in that. <laughs> I feel so much permission to. I think that's the thing. Some of us who are not natural gift givers, we get like two in our heads about it. And then we're like, oh my gosh, it kind of paralyzes us. But I love what you're saying. If this is somebody who does a lot of taking care of people, they don't always take care of themselves. And this is a thing that takes care of them. Just do it every year. And they may even just come to be like, you know what? I'm not going to splurge on a massage because I know Julie's going to give me one for my birthday again. That's right. Again, it doesn't have to be something big. And I'm not kidding about this. If you're somebody who loves paper goods and office supplies, as I do, you give me some cute post-it notes 
I'm the happiest girl in the world. It's the knowing that somebody thought about what would make you happy. If I commented that I like your pen, Mm -hmm. get me that pen, $2.50, I've hit the jackpot. And I will also say, just to add on, there are some people, I don't ever buy them birthday presents or Hanukkah presents, but I buy them things throughout the year when I see them and when I think about them, because I also find it's a lot more meaningful to give somebody a gift because you thought of them than because it is expected. And some people you can't do that with. With some families, there may be an expectation that for holidays, you will be giving them a gift. But for other people, you could say, listen, I'm not getting you a birthday present, but I saw this and I wanted you to have it. Mm -hmm. That's so smart too. That really is. Oh my gosh, this is so good. I think we've covered all of the things that I wanted to cover. My mind is just like spinning because this is so much good information. And again, for people who this is not their natural thing, the way they view the world. Now, I will say part of what I do is I'm constantly on the lookout for things to talk about on the show. Obviously, I have to have an awesome of the week every week. At some level, I'm always like, oh, what's this? I got to discover that. You mentioned newsletters. I love a newsletter with a lot mm-hmm. of links in it. I feel like I hit the jackpot every time I open it. But I've never really thought about it in terms of, because I'm always thinking like sort of awesome stuff. But personally, I can be mining those newsletters for gift ideas. Yes. So many great takeaways. Do you have a minute to tell everybody how to brew that single Yes. Of iced tea because it is summer. It is iced tea season if there ever is one. And you text me and you're like, you know, if not everybody in your family likes iced tea, which nobody does besides me and my family, in our household family anyway, you're like, here's how you can have a glass of iced tea just for yourself. So if you have a minute, will you share that with us? I am happy to okay. because I'm also the only person in my house who really likes iced tea. And I was brewing pitchers and it would go bad. It would get gross. I don't remember when I found this, but it was a million years ago. But here's what you do. You take a pint glass, what you would normally put a beer or whatever, 16 ounces, fill it up with ice cubes, set it aside, put water in your kettle or however you heat up water for tea. You want one cup. So some people might microwave it. If you're doing that, put one cup of water in the microwave. I put the water in the kettle and then Put either one or two tea bags, depending on how strong you like your iced tea, into a measuring cup. And then when the water is ready, pour it over the tea bag or bags and let it steep for four minutes. Four minutes. When four minutes is up, you pull the tea bags out. And then if you're going to put in any sweetener, I don't love sweetener in mine, but this is when you want to put in your sugar or your honey because those things don't dissolve well in cold temperatures. Yeah. So you put it in, stir it up, and then pour it over your glass of ice. Half of the ice is going to melt immediately and cool the iced tea down. And I am not kidding. You pick it up, it's perfect drinking temperature. And you can make it whatever flavor you want, caffeinated, not caffeinated. Especially now when I'm working remotely, I'm not running out to Starbucks in the middle of the day. Sometimes I just want a little something and it is perfect. Yes. I love it. Oh, so smart. And those Starbucks teas can get a little expensive. A lot expensive. Yeah. And you can grab the exact same kind of tea by the box that they use in the store (laughs) and you can just make yourself a delicious cup of tea every day if you want on ice. So smart. Okay. Now, Julie, you are active in our sort of awesome hangout group. So I know if anybody wants to find you there to talk more about this, I know we can have some really good conversations about gifts and giving and how that plays into our personalities and all that stuff there. If you guys want to find me on social media, you can find me at Sorta Awesome Meg. You can find the show in all of the places around social media, wherever that might be, whether it is Instagram, like I mentioned a while ago, or if it is in our Facebook group. We also are on Facebook at facebook.com slash Sorta Awesome. Just all of the places. 
You guys, thanks so much for listening. Julie, thank you so much for being here today. This has been so thank fun. You. This was so much fun. Thank you for having me. Thanks, you guys. We'll see you all next time. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.